Hello and welcome to this week's Talk the Line, a podcast where we talk to our favourite people about the things that they are passionate about. And this week I am talking to Philadelphia-born experimental pop musician Michelle Zauner, better known as Japanese Breakfast, about her love of Korean food, a subject she's also written about for The New Yorker. We caught up with her at this year's End of the Road Festival. I read your New Yorker piece. Yeah earlier got some wi-fi from the uh, press hut yeah and someone told me about it i i it took me like three kind of different goes to get through it all because i was like sat by the side of our piano stage and i just kept welling up for, like every <laughs> every like time, every yeah. like three paragraphs i was like oh, I, have to, I need a pause now that um, was me with like joan didion and the year of magical thinking i probably put that book down like right, 10 times yeah. to get through it, it was tough. Really tough yeah yeah um so I don't know where to start, really, because, I mean, I don't want to rehash everything that's in, in your article and already there for people to read. So perhaps we just talk about your favourite Korean foods and the best thing to do with Korean food and to buy it and what you love about it and how to eat it instead. Yeah. Does that sound cool? Yeah, that's that's totally cool. Yeah. Because when I was reading your article, I was like, I don't know what any of this, apart from, yeah. like, kimchi. Yeah, yeah. This is, like, all new to yeah. me. I think that, like, the biggest thing about Korean food is that it's food that's made for sharing. We're not, like, a one entree like this is mine and you have yours kind of culture Mm -hmm. it's very communal like you get you order for the table and everyone eats everything um and so the first thing that happens is there are these things called banchan which are just side dishes so you sit down at a table and then like depending on how good the restaurant is you get anywhere from like three to like 20 little side dishes of just different like fermented um pickled vegetables or like you know uh fish cakes or uh, potato salad or just like tiny little plates and you usually get like a little bowl of rice and like a stew uh and then korean barbecue is really popular and it's like they have this um grill in the center of the table and everyone kind of you know, grills the meats together and then you eat it and you can make all these different combinations so uh in your, your mouth own meat yeah or like an old lady comes right, by and okay. does it for yeah. you but yeah sometimes you you grill your own meat and in a um, restaurant in a restaurant wow. yeah yeah they, so they're not worried about like health and safety like you un- under grill it and yeah and i mean i guess like most of the meat is like pretty i mean it's pretty fresh so like even if you did i mean i guess they just like assume that you're not an idiot an but idiot. You, there's also like waitresses <laughs> that are there to help you yeah yeah um, but look, you're like there with like blood running down your yeah, chin like, yeah i don't think you're doing this right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i yeah, it's a, it's I, I, I love um, Korean food so much, and it is such a such a nice thing to be able to like share and like it's really fun to like you know grill your own meat and like you make all these different flavor combinations because we have so many dishes on the table to share and uh, yeah yeah I miss so, it so much and in, in in the UK it's so hard to find really uh, Korean food yeah yeah I suppose in there's Europe. a lot of Chinese supermarkets near yeah. where I live but I don't think oh, really yeah. but then again is it is it one of those things where it's quite hard to access as an outsider like Maybe. you mentioned in your article about like the English slowly disappearing from road signs yeah, the yeah, you got yeah. to like I don't really know there's page. areas definitely in Europe or like it's really hard to just like find something that's close because when you're on tour uh, you can only visit places that are in kind of like a you know half a mile radius of where you're playing for the night and a lot of times you're not yeah, really playing yeah. by near but any even Asian if, even grocery if someone stores. like I was to like live by a Korean supermarket for example like I, if it, unless it was written in English on on the shop you front know, yeah. I don't know whether I'd know the difference between yeah, it being yeah. you know like Chinese or yeah. some kind of Indonesian yeah. or like Japanese even yeah, you know yeah. what I mean I think I would struggle yeah I mean what well Korean si- is pretty easy to like detect because it's like a lot simpler there are a lot of like square like the 
the language is like a lot of squares and circles and lines, and it's okay. not quite as like complicated looking as Chinese and, right, and Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then inside, what are those kind of like staples that you'll absolutely always find? Oh gosh, um, they're they have like really cheap produce at, at H Mart, which is which is the grocery store that I wrote about. Um, yeah. A lot of times, like most Asian markets have like really cheap produce and really cheap um, cuts of meat. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, the one that I go to has like all of the side dishes. I actually, when I have time off, like to make my own kimchi. So like I'll, go, I'll buy like a whole head of Napa cabbage or mm. I'll buy a bunch of like um, ponytail radishes uh, and I'll, I'll wash wait, them. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Napa cabbage? Yeah, it's like a big cabbage and that's what kimchi's made from. And okay, you like cut cool. it in half Yeah. Uh, and then you salt it for like two hours. So what's that? You put it in a bowl of salt or in salt yeah. I have water? like this giant bowl at home. You're joking. No, I have like a giant. It's maybe like mm, maybe like two and a half feet wide. Like what? it's really really big, and I cut this like big napa cabbage. It's like the size of a baby basically. Um, and you cut it in half and you wash it thoroughly. Yeah. You salt it, let it sit for half an hour, oh, flip so you it rub, over. By salting, you mean yeah. rub salt into it. Yeah, so okay. it creates like yeah. a brine. And then, yeah, it ferments for two hours, uh-huh. and then you wash it, and then you make like a spice kind of mixture, yeah, and then yeah. you um, kind of like paint it onto the, the <laughs> baby cabbage, and then you stuff it into a jar, and then, then let it sit for like a few days, and then you have kimchi. I see what you mean about the vague cooking instructions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm totally gonna make this at home, and then I was like, there's like a really no great idea. YouTube <laughs> vlogger named Mang Chi who who teaches people how to make Korean food in English, and she was like my like guru for a good year after my mom passed away when I uh, started cooking Korean food, and I learned so much from her YouTube vlogs. Are there like certain you know how like if you are making like. God, I don't even know now. Sushi. You might need like a special set of instruments to do the sea- seaweed rolls or something like that. Is it similar in Korean cooking? Are there like certain implements that you need to buy in advance? Like I don't know, like a like a rice steamer or, or anything. No, not really. I mean, like I have a rice cooker. I think most Korean people have rice cookers, but like you, you know, there's no difference from making it on the stove besides just you know convenience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I don't. I mean, I don't. To make kimchi, you just need a jar and a cutting board and a big bowl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there. If you want to like get fancy with it, there are like special traditional things that you could use, but they're not necessary at all. It's pretty. I think it's a pretty um, easy. I don't know, not easy, but I feel like it's a pretty approachable yeah. cuisine. Yeah. Is it quite meat heavy? Yeah, it's pretty meat heavy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Though I think that there are. I mean, I don't know too much about it, but I know that there. I forget her name, but there's this woman who's like a, a Buddhist monk that is like a very like a. I think she has like a Michelin star. She's a very famous woman who cooks all vegetarian, Buddhist cuisine. Really? Uh, that's Korean, but I'm not very. The the food that I eat is generally pretty meat heavy. Yeah. yeah. What are the like? Cause I know, I keep saying kimchi. Yeah. But what are the you mentioned like rice crackers a lot in your article and like seaweed are there like certain staples that are in the majority of different korean dishes um i'd say that there's like a there are like staples spices and sauces so like um gochujang is like this red pepper paste that's kind of like a sweet 
paste that is used in a lot of like Korean soups. Mm. And then there's tengjang, uh, which is like a fermented soybean paste that's also used in a lot of like soups and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Um, we use like, sesame oil, basically like it's our butter. Oh my God, I love yeah. sesame I oil. I love sesame oil. I think that sesame oil, similar to butter, makes everything taste really delicious. Cook anything yeah. in sesame oil and it you're like, this so is delicious. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Korean people are super into sesame oil, um, red pepper flakes and paste, uh, kimchi, obviously, lots mm. of garlic, um, lots of scallion. Lots scallion? Of green, green onion. Green onion? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, learning so much. Is that like spring onions? Yes, yeah, like oh, spring onions. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, is kimchi like, kimchi's like really good for you as well, right? Um, is it like good for your stomach or your Yeah, it's a probiotic. Okay, so, cool, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be good for your is digestion. Is that because of the fermenti- fermenting? I guess so, yeah, there's like good bacteria similar to like yogurt having probiotics. Isn't it like weird that. how like beer is not in that category? Yeah, it's too bad, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd be very, very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, on, I don't know, do you guys do, I don't know whether it's like a religion thing, but like, do you like, do you have Christmas and stuff like that? There's a lot of Christian Korean people. Right, yeah. Um, I don't know, like, too much about the history of, like, how that came over there. I think, you know, it's, like, originally a Buddhist culture. Mm. My aunts were Christian, um, or one is Christian, one passed away. My mom was not a very religious person. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I guess more Yeah, they have Christmas there. Yeah, 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 in terms of, like, holidays that involve a lot of food generally. Like, what are the big ones? Uh, Chinese, uh, New Year's. New Year's right. is like a really big one. And then there's also this <clears throat> this thing called uh, like every uh, Korean kid has like a, a traditional first birthday celebration. Mm. I think that like historically when babies um, would die because of they weren't having vaccinations and, and they would, you know, if you were if you reached one year as a baby, you were like kind of in the clear to like make it wow. because a lot of like infants were like dying back then. So they had this celebration called I think it's called Toljangchi and it's like you all one year they like dress up a one-year-old and there's like a ton of like rice cakes on the table and they pile them really high to like symbolize prosperity and there's like all this fruit and like good food and then um there's this tradition which i think is really cool where the baby you like lay out like five objects like a pencil and like a some a like a pound or whatever like a quid whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever you call it <laughs> <A quid. laughs> You like, like money. You want like money, <laughs> a pencil. Um, some people like a gavel, like some string, and then you let the baby like grab whatever, and it's supposed to predict their um, future. So oh. like, I grabbed a pencil. So like, it's the life of like a creative, like scholarly person. So or, like, true. If you grab like a uh, the money, like you're gonna be wealthy and prosperous. If you grab the string, you're gonna live a long life or whatever. So they're That's kind of like cool. fortune telling weird. Oh, ceremony. I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. What, with the rice cakes, do you mean like just like? Rice cakes. I think that, like, not like puffy, not like puffed okay. rice cakes. They're like really. It's like it's kind of like mochi. Like, do you know what mochi is? Uh, they like the balls you get at Wagamama. I don't know what <laughs> maybe. <yeah. laughs> I don't know what Wagamama is, but it's like uh, uh, like sweet rice. Yeah, it's like sweet rice. It's really chewy and like yeah, kind of like it's yeah. almost like a it's almost like a really really chewy donut or something like okay, that. Okay, right. Like different types of. Like so this is all starting to make a lot more sense That's It's kind now. of like their dough is like rice dough, you know, okay, sweet yeah. rice dough. And then rice crackers are different. Yeah. Okay, they're like just thin like 
yeah. crispy rice things. Yeah, that's yeah, that was that made it into my article, and it's like, yeah, one of the, it's sim- those are more similar to what you would probably consider a rice cake. Yeah, rice cakes here are like very bland, crisp and bland. Yeah, yeah, they're just like they're like a like alternative to bread if you're on a diet. Yeah. Kind of yeah, 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 like depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kind of like a frisbee. Yeah, yeah, like a rice frisbee. A crunchy frisbee. Yeah. So what? What? Are, what would you have on your like? I guess Christmas or what? No, let's say let's do New Year. What? What would the table look like at a New Year celebration? Um, I honestly don't know. I didn't ever really celebrate a traditional uh like Lunar New Year. Um, my mom. I think again, like rice cakes make like a big appearance, but I'm I'm not. I forget. Oh, you know what? One thing that you eat is um, tteokguk, which is like, uh, yeah, again, rice cake uh, soup. And it's made with brisket and rice cakes. And it's like a very savory stew kind of thing. Yeah. And but the rice cakes are sweet. They're not sweet. Like, there are uh, different kinds of rice cakes. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rice cakes in there are like, you know, savory and don't have much of a flavor. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, they taste kind of like gnocchi. Mm. Like, really plain, like, kind of like a noodle. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And noodles a thing as well? Noodles are a big thing yeah. in Korean culture. What yeah. sort of noodles? Um, we have uh, like soba kind of noodles. And uh, I really like this dish called kalguksu, which is like a like a thick. I don't know. I mean, I, I keep comparing it to Japanese stuff just because I feel like people are just more familiar with yeah. Japanese food than they are with other Asian cultures, which is kind of why I named my band Japanese Breakfast, because I felt like it would conjure up more of an image than, than any, anything else. Um, uh, not Korean breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone knows. Like, I think way more people are curious and knowledgeable about what a Japanese breakfast is also, than they are for like Korean really breakfast. Also, you're, like, really into that, the, the, the trend at the moment. Because there's yeah. you, there's Japanese house. Yeah, I really like that Japanese band. there's Japanese wallpaper. Yes, yeah. yes, I also like that band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really, you know, I just didn't expect to ever have made it as far as I've made it. Or, like, you know, <laughs> I definitely had no idea about those bands when, when I started. But uh, I suppose you're right. Like, Japanese food feels really, like normal and natural and I think it's simultaneously something culture. that's like really um like kind of like just more accessible but simultaneously very foreign you know mm, like it's yeah. something that's like just naturally like appealing sounding to westerners in the same way that like english breakfast is like more like you know you know what you have an image that's associated with that and with japanese breakfast i felt like you have kind of an image associated with that or you're like super curious about what it is so. Yeah, but with I Korean breakfast, I felt like no one is gonna have any associations with that <laughs> except for Korean people. Yeah. <laughs> well, why do you think it is that Korean food maybe isn't as popular as, say, like sushi? Um, I mean, I'm sure it has. It's like really rooted in history of just like the way that food traveled. You know. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, also just like the economy of Japan is like you know has always been much stronger than like yeah. um, most other Asian countries and. Maybe that's why the food travels like is, I don't know. How long have you? So when did you, when did you when did you start going to the H Mart, which is the big Korean sort of out of town supermarkets? How long have you been going to H Mart? I think we found out about H Mart when I was like seventeen in my okay. hometown. It's like maybe an hour and a half away from our. We like had found out about we you know we had like our own local Asian supermarket that we would go to, and then from the Korean ladies in town, my mom learned about H Mart like an hour and a half away, closer to Portland. Yeah. Um, and so we traveled there and we were like, oh my God, it's so big. And it's like really, you know, it was just so fun for her and it was fun for me. And um, we really shared like this love of food together. And, you know, uh, when she passed away, 
or even before she passed away, like when we when she helped me move into college in Philadelphia, like we went to the H Mart outside of Philadelphia and like uh, bought all the stuff that like I could make in my dorm room with like a hot water boiler, all these like different kinds of ramen and like um, instant kind of stuff and seaweed and microwavable rice, like so I wouldn't starve in college. <laughs> Um, and oh then, like, God, when she... just gave me a box of cornflakes. <laughs> yeah, <It's> really... Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then every time I would go on my own, I'd call her up, and I'd be like, Mom, I'm, like, at HMR, like, you know, just, like, what what was the name of, like, the seaweed we used to get or, like, the brand of mm. sesame oil we used to buy? And, like, I'm at lunch. I just wanted you to know I'm eating, like, this dish and, like, thinking of you. And then when she passed away, I started going a lot more on my own as a way of just, like, um, you know, remembering her and, like, yeah. connecting to her. Yeah. So how many years have you been going to the HMR? Uh, maybe like 11 years or 12 years and over that time have you noticed the people going there change in any sort of way is it is it always the kind of same crowd or has it become like more gentrified or more diverse or I mean have you noticed any kind of differences yeah I'd say that there was maybe more uh, I think that it depends on like where you are like what the like demographic of like the neighborhood that it's in uh, is like um Because there's also, like, you know, you can buy just, like, regular produce and regular meats that are, like, really inexpensive and not necessarily have to be involved in Asian cuisine. So there's a lot of, like, different people that, like, live in the area that buy, like, staples there, too. Um, But, yeah, I think that more and more, like, um, with the Internet and, like, uh, you know, immigration and diversity in general, like... Uh, more and more people that there's there's a more diverse crowd that's interested in, in trying that kind of cuisine and, and I think Korean food and culture has become more popular in the last few years for sure and, and I, I see more people trying to engage with it so when did you start like proper trying to cook the Korean cuisine um probably like the maybe like I mean shortly after my mom passed away yeah. um because it was like you know I was older I mean yeah, that w- that was in a big way. I, I started connecting to that culture, and it was a, a way for me to feel closer to her. Just mm-hmm. like trying to figure out the things that we ate together and that she made for me. Um, and I think it was also like this fear that if I don't learn how to do it now, and I have this like sh- memory sharp in my mind of like what we ate together and what she cooked, like I might forget it, and and I'll lose. I'll never be able to ask anyone again. So I have to learn yeah. now and and really preserve that memory. I know I kind of I kind of know what you, like might know what you mean like my nan is uh she's like 91 now and she always makes these like amazing cakes called Welsh cakes yeah that are like they're kind of like almost like a scone but with yeah. like raisins in and they're like just they're delicious yeah and she cooks them on this like giant like cast iron uh oh, like baking stone yeah. that, that my granddad with like the iron monger down the like docks where he used to work made for him like oh, decades sick. Yeah, ago yeah yeah and she got this like new um cooker and it wasn't strong enough to support this like cut and also i think she's like 91 and this thing is really fucking heavy yeah so she gave it to me and i was yeah. like okay while she's like Your wrists still are really strong now, with, yeah. with us yeah. i've got to learn how to make these welsh cakes yeah, now. yeah and i've been like sure. trying really hard and for like sure. first time i was like can i have the recipe and she's like oh it's in that like cookbook i gave you at christmas i was like great cool made it took them and she's like no this isn't my recipe at all i actually use all this stuff and i'm like oh my god come on hurry <laughs> up so, so far i've got gooseberry relish which her gooseberry relish was awesome. Yeah. Like gooseberry relish and Welsh cakes. Yeah. I haven't tried the gooseberry relish yet. Yeah. I've got the recipe. Is this her recipe book? Or yeah, just like, like her, oh, well, not even like her recipe book. Just like, she's just, they're the all one just that like written she, down yeah, on scraps yeah. of paper oh, that's around awesome. the house yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or like kind of dictated to me and I put it in my phone. That's awesome. But yeah, I sort of know what you mean. It's yeah. like almost like a way where everything doesn't disappear when you know that person's 
going or gone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's so str- like food is so important, isn't it? In like bringing back memories and keeping things in present in your mind. All your senses are so interlocked. For sure. I think it's like a really beautiful way of kind of keeping someone with you. Yeah. What definitely. was the first dish that you that you tried to make, or and how successful was it? Um. I mean, it's kind of a sad story because, like, you know, my mom had cancer for six months and, like, uh, she was undergoing, like, really intense chemo for the first four and uh, you, like, develop all these, like, mouth sores and stuff like that. So she had, like, she couldn't eat kimchi and she couldn't eat a lot of Korean food because it has, like, so much flavor and it was really overwhelming. It would upset her stomach. So there was a lot of, like, sick person, like, Korean food that I just did it. Kind of like, you know, what chicken noodle soup is in, like, America or maybe here, like... Um, I didn't know what that kind of di- those kinds of dishes were in Korea, really. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So one thing that she ate was this thing called chachuk, which is like pine nut porridge, and it tastes like so. It's like very bland, um, kind of nutty. I'm trying to think of like what you like could compare it to, but um, it's it's just it's kind of like a por yeah, it's kind of like porridge, um, and she ate that a lot and it was like we had this woman that was her friend that like lived with us for a little bit and she made that for her a lot and I always felt this kind of guilt I think that I didn't know how to help make that you know and that like we needed this woman to come live with us to to provide that for her and I wished so badly that I knew how to do that myself so that we wouldn't need someone else involved Mm. um and so then after she died like I had this like you know I lost you know my mom lost all this weight and because I was so stressed out, I lost, you know, maybe 15 pounds. I was like 98 pounds or something. And like, um, the only thing I wanted to eat after she died was this like sick person porridge, this like pine nut porridge. And, um, I looked up this woman, uh, on YouTube named Mangchi. Uh, and she's a Korean woman that makes these like Korean cooking videos in English. And I looked up her recipe for that and I followed it. And that was like the first thing that I made for myself was like what she had been eating when she was sick. It was a very strange, yeah, uh, intense thing. Yeah. And since then, like, have you become more invested? Is it something that you do uh, like regularly do you, or do sometimes you just like, nah, I'm just going to get pizza tonight. But like. I think that like I'm I mean I'm on tour so often um that I'm not home very often and I really miss cooking um but so when I'm home I I try to cook as often as possible and like the first thing I do when I go home is is go to H Mart and buy the groceries that I need and make a big batch of kimchi and and then uh and start cooking the things that I really missed on the road because it's just it's not it's not the easiest thing to find all the time especially in Europe yeah a lot of musicians say that that they're like you're like what you can do first thing you do when you get home and I'm gonna cook dinner and you're like really like you're not gonna like I mean have a bath or I feel like you have to be on the road for like at least like even if you're away from home for a week and you're eating at restaurants every day it's like your stomach like it doesn't feel settled no. it, there's nothing like a home cooked meal it's just yeah. different yeah or just like the kind of food that you're you're yeah, used yeah. to like your not taste, even like yeah yeah like just kind of comfort like good but not even comfort in a bad way just like good comfort food like a, I like I love a warm salad yeah so yeah. boring isn't yeah. it but it's, <laughs> I love it so much yeah I mean I love yeah. rice with egg you know and like to be able to I never like I can't order that anywhere really and so like to go home and just like make a pot of rice and a poached egg on top and like pour some sesame oil on it with like is that a, is that a really Korean thing uh yeah that's what I eat for breakfast like every day with like kimchi really yeah. breakfast yeah yeah rice for breakfast yes rice for breakfast yeah wow most Asian cultures eat rice for breakfast serious yeah, see yeah. that now you're saying rice, that I like, feel like Korean every, breakfast every is interesting yeah it yeah. is very interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well give me some more like interesting like things that I would make maybe like my stupid western brain wouldn't comprehend um uh there I mean
mean, I recently ordered this thing online where like uh, when I was living in Korea for like a couple of months, um, there's this this new popular thing where it's like a grill. So we like talked about the Korean barbecue grill earlier, but there's also like a side compartment where you they're like really into melted cheese in Korea. Um, really? So there's like a side compartment that's like a little dish and like you put like mozzarella and the mozzarella melts and then you take your barbecue and you dip it into the melted cheese. Oh my God, so it's and like a Korean it. fondue. Yes, yeah. But yeah. with meat, it's like, very, yeah, it's very intense, yeah. yeah. Melted cheese? Yeah, Korean people love melted cheese. Especially mozzarella or? Especially like mozzarella because it like melts really well, I think. Yeah, yeah, does, yeah. That? yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, okay. um, so there's that, yeah. Uh, gosh, there's, I mean, there's so many things, yeah. So anyone who's listening is like, this, this sounds really cool. Like yeah. I'm going to Manchu? Manchi. Manchi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look up Manchi. Definitely, yeah, she'll, she'll like open your world. I lo- I'm like is a big, the first, big the good, best first step to do? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Are there like, big like man- entry level, like recipes for beginners? Um, gosh, I wonder what's a good thing. Um, I mean, kimchi soup, kimchi jjigae is like a really, uh, like I op- big eye opener that's like pretty simple I feel like or kimchi fried rice basically anything with kimchi like we like cook with kimchi in pretty much everything and then um, yeah like a, making a Korean barbecue bibimbap is like a is a good thing to like oh, eat yeah like that's those. what most people know like that's right, like that's yeah. a Korean our version of like sushi of just like what Korean people are known for is like right, I think yeah. the most like knowing the dish that most people know besides kimchi is bibimbap yeah brilliant yeah it's like a mixed rice bowl it's really good. Yeah, it's so tasty. It's our warm salad. That's your warm <laughs> salad. Yes. No wonder I love it so much. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for talking yeah, to me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm going to let you eat your awesome. boring Western <laughs> dinner boring now, Western dinner, which yeah. is freezing cold. Sorry about <laughs> Don't that. Don't worry about it. It's already cold. <laughs> A big thanks to Michelle for talking to us whilst her dinner was getting cold. She's on tour in the US up to the end of the year and she plays the Boaty Weekender Bell and Sebastian's cruise from Barcelona to Sardinia. Not a bad gig if you can get it. Next year in August. Also, a big thanks to End of the Road Festival for having us. You have been listening to Talk the Line. I'm Jen Long. This podcast is produced by Paul Bridgewater with original music by Seams. It is a podcast from the line of best fit and we upload a new one every other week. You can subscribe to this podcast, probably the easiest because our release date keeps shifting a little. You can follow us on social media or you could leave us a lovely review. We will see you very soon.